The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks stabilized following the lowest close in 13 months. The Fed warned of deteriorating liquidity conditions across key financial markets. And as gas prices hit a record, President Biden gets ready to deliver a speech on combating inflation. Connecticut's governor signs a budget with hundreds of millions in tax cuts, plus the manhunt for a murder suspect. And an Alabama corrections officer is over. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashow in sports. Nightmare night for the Rangers. They lost game four in Pittsburgh 7-2. to two. The Yankees top Texas 1-0. to nothing. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. And U.S. futures are higher this morning. It is 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 32 points, Dow futures up 216, NASDAQ futures up 160, 10-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds, yield 3%. The yield on the two-year, 2.58%, and NYMEX crude oil is down 1.6%. Nathan. Well, Karen, the rise in futures follows the lowest close for U.S. stocks in 13 months. Hardest hit continues used to be the tech-heavy NASDAQ. The index slid another 4.3%. The NASDAQ 100 has erased $3.4 trillion since the start of April. Aaron Cannon is CEO at Clear Harbor Asset Management. You know, we're continuing to see a, a dramatic sort of leakage of liquidity from the capital market system as the Fed uh, tightens policy and as the fiscal levers very much uh, close off, and inflation is uh, a huge concern. Clear Harbor Asset Management's Aaron Kennan says tomorrow's inflation report, the consumer price index, will be important for market sentiment. Well, Nathan, before we get that data, we're seeing hard evidence of price pressures at the gas pump. The average retail price of gasoline has hit a record, $4.37 per gallon. President Biden will have more to say about his efforts to combat rising prices in a speech today. We get a preview from Amy Morris in our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. President Biden is expected to detail the differences between his plan and a GOP proposal by Florida Senator Rick Scott that would raise taxes while allowing Social Security and Medicare to expire. Consumer prices rose in March at the fastest pace since 1981 and have Americans increasingly pessimistic about their finances despite strong job growth. It's the biggest worry for voters ahead of the November midterms. A CNN poll out last week found 8 in 10 Americans don't believe the government is doing enough to fight inflation. 
In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thank you. And President Biden will deliver that speech around 11.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Catch it right here on Bloomberg Radio. In the meantime, Karen, the Federal Reserve is warning of deteriorating liquidity conditions across key financial markets. We get the details from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. In its semi-annual report, the Fed cites rising risks from the war in Ukraine, monetary tightening, and high inflation. The Fed said, according to some measures, market liquidity has declined since late 2021 in the markets for recently issued U.S. cash treasury securities and for equity index futures. Fed Governor Lael Brainerd said the war has sparked large price movements and margin calls in commodities markets and highlights a potential channel through which large financial institutions could be exposed to contagion. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. We'll have much more from the Fed later this morning. We're going to be speaking live with Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester. That's coming up at 11 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Nathan, we saw selling in Asia overnight. Stocks fell for a seventh straight session, but did pair earlier losses. We get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The losses on the MSCI Asia-Pacific Index mirrored the longest losing streak since March 2020, stocks remaining at July 2020 lows. Hong Kong tech shares took a dive on growth concerns and as the city resumed trade after a long weekend. Mainland Chinese shares rebounded, but BlackRock about Abandoned its bullish stance on China, now recommending a neutral stance on Chinese stocks and bonds as the country's response to the pandemic takes a toll. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thanks. Let's head over to Europe now. We, we are seeing some stabilization in markets this morning. Bloomberg's Max Ramsey joins us live from London. Good morning, Max. Morning to you, Nathan and Karen. Yeah, seeing some gains in Europe, not catching up with the steep losses that we saw yesterday. But right now, the FTSE 100 up six tenths of a percent. The DAX up 1.3 percent. So really, some steady gains. Energy has been one of the worst performing sectors this morning, though still holding steady or just about gaining. And um, of course, we have had wrangling over uh, energy to do with the uh, EU sanctions on Russia. Um, so that has been, you know, bouncing up and down, but still managing to eke out some gains. Uh, Live in London, Max Ramsey, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Max, thank you. Well, Bitcoin trading higher this morning after briefly falling below the 30,000 level. The recent plunge has taken the digital token to levels last seen in the middle of last year. Mike Novogratz is founder and CEO of Galaxy Digital. I still think 30,000 should hold, right? We'll see if 12,000 holds the NASDAQ and we bounce uh, in the next few days. uh, Then I think you'll see Bitcoin 30,000 will hold. If the NASDAQ falls and we head towards 11,000, you know, there's a shot that 30,000 goes. Galaxy Digital founder Mike Novogratz says trading will be volatile for at least the next few quarters. And turning to the war in Europe now, Karen, President Biden meets with Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi today as aid to Ukraine moves forward on a couple of fronts. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Congressional Democrats have drafted an aid package worth almost $40 billion and plan on voting this week without attaching COVID pandemic funding. This tops the president's ask of $33 billion. Biden, meanwhile, signed a World War II-era provision sending money to Ukraine. The cost of the fight is not cheap, but uh, caving to aggression is even more costly. This provision was enacted in 1941 to help Europe fight off Hitler. Congress could act as early as today. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Ed, thank you. Straight ahead, we'll bring you your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 53 degrees in Central Park, still dealing with an accident on the northbound FDR Drive at 96th. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Connecticut taxpayers will see $600 million in tax relief following the signing of the fiscal year 2023 budget by Democratic Governor Ned Lamont. The law extends a gas tax holiday and child tax credit, as well as increasing a property tax credit. Lamont described it as the largest tax cut in state history. Voters in Newark, New Jersey, are choosing a mayor today. Incumbent Roz Baraka will face a challenge from Sheila Montag. The Alabama corrections employee who was on the run with an escaped inmate is now dead. Authorities in Indiana say Vicki White shot herself as U.S. Marshals closed in. Officers rammed the vehicle Vicki White and Casey White were in, which then crashed. Alabama Sheriff Rick Singleton says that Casey White is never getting out again. We got a dangerous man off the street today. Uh, he is never going to see the light of day again. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing for not just our community, but that's a good thing for this country. Sheriff Singleton says this has ended a very stressful week and a half. New York's Attorney General says her state will safeguard the right to abortion if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. Letitia James says about 30,000 women just from Pennsylvania and Ohio alone could come to New York seeking reproductive care, so a fund will be established that James says will help those women. James also cast doubt on why anti-abortion activists support bans on abortion. What they should do is expand the child care tax credit. What they should do is expand universal school lunch. What they should do is provide more funding for education and child care and daycare and prenatal care. And the list goes on and on if you truly care about children. A.G. Letitia James. Andy Warhol's shot sage blue Marilyn is sold for $195 million. That makes the iconic portrait of actress Marilyn Monroe the most expensive artwork by a U.S. artist ever sold at auction. Christie's Auction House in New York held the sale. Alex Rotter is chairman of Christie's 20th and 21st Century Art Department. 20th Century um, works of art, American works of art, it's the highest price ever paid. Uh, Close to $200 million. Uh, Let it sink in. It's quite something. Rotter says the buyer is unknown. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Count up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. The Rangers in Pittsburgh with hopes of winning game four to tie the series at two. Instead, the Penguins with a five-goal onslaught in the second period. They scored goals 24 seconds apart. Later, scored goals 35 seconds apart. They won 7-2. to two. They lead the series 3-1. to one. Game five is tomorrow at the Garden. Rangers coach Gerard Gallant has already said Igor Shesterkin will stay in the Ranger goal. A little surprising considering how poorly Shesterkin played in the two games in Pittsburgh. In three periods, he gave up 10 goals. Alex Gorgiev relieved him in both games. In three periods, he allowed two goals. But Gallant said last night Shesterkin is the best goalie in the NHL. Colorado won at Nashville to complete a sweep. Florida beat Washington in overtime. Calgary beat Dallas. Those series are tied at two. The Islanders in a surprise. Fired coach Barry Trotz. NBA playoffs. Boston rallied to win in Milwaukee. Golden State beat Memphis. Sparse crowd at the stadium for a Yankee matinee. Makeup of a rainout. Those that were there saw a near no-hitter. Nestor Cortez lost it with one out in the eighth inning. 
Kind of like fifth going into the sixth, uh, I kept uh, looking up at the scoreboard, uh, see where my pitch count was and stuff like that. So I knew I was in a good spot and, and you know, noticed that I, I hadn't get up a hit. So, uh, you know, it was, it was special. He scored the game's only run, bottom of the eighth inning, driven in by Anthony Rizzo. They topped Texas one to nothing. They've now won 13 of their last 15. The Giants had to release one of their best players, cornerback James Bradbury, had to do it for salary cap reasons. Tried to trade him, couldn't find a trade partner. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are moving higher, up 32 points. Dow futures up 226. Nasdaq futures up 161 points. The 10-year Treasury up 730 seconds. The yield 3%. More on this market next. We'll be speaking with Patrick Armstrong of Plurimi Wealth. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, breezy, upper 60s today. We'll get up to near 70 on a mostly sunny sky tomorrow. It'll be mostly sunny, high near 75 on Thursday. Our current temperature is 53 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are rising. They are rallying along with European shares as dip buyers emerge following yesterday's sell-off, although sentiment does remain fragile over concerns about inflation and economic growth. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 30 points. Dow futures up 208 and NASDAQ futures up 155. The DAX in Germany is up 1.2 percent. The 10-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds. Yield 3 percent. The yield on the two-year 2.59 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 2% or $2.08 at $101.03 a barrel. COMEX gold is down a tenth of a percent or $2.50 at $18.56.10 an ounce. The euro, 1.0541 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2323. The yen at 130.09. And Bitcoin this morning up 1.5% at $31,430. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. Ukrainian officials say Russia is pounding away at Ukraine's vital southern port of Odessa. Meanwhile, President Biden says he's worried that Russian President Putin does not have a way out right now of his war in Ukraine. Biden signed a measure making it easier for Washington to send weapons to Kiev. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics beat the Bucks to even their series at two games apiece. The Warriors beat the Grizzlies. However, Warriors coach Steve Kerr tested positive for COVID before tip-off. In the NHL playoffs, the Rangers lost to the Penguins to fall behind three games to one. The Capitals lost to the Panthers. In baseball, the Yankees, Orioles, Giants, and A's all won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're joined now by Patrick Armstrong, Chief Investment Officer at Plurimi Wealth, with a relief rally underway on this Tuesday morning. Patrick, are you buying this dip? Um, I'm sticking with what I've got. So I'm pretty neutral equities right now. Um, I'm comfortable with the ones I've got. I own the companies that are producing earnings and cash flow today. Um, where I've got my shorts, thrilled with those because I'm short the kind of companies that don't have earnings yet and have business models that I don't think have a path to profitability. But it's uh, a day if you've not been over leveraged, you can sit back and uh, 
enjoy the recovery, but if you've been leveraged, it's been a, a pretty couple of painful days for markets. So where do you see markets going from here? Is there further for uh, stocks to fall? I think there's further for stocks to fall because we still not got rid of the speculative excesses at the uh, extreme end of things. So the NASDAQ 100 came into the year trading at 5.6 times price to sales. That's fallen all the way down to 3.8 times price to sales, which is a big move in a multiple. But prior to 2020, when uh, multiples really started shooting higher, the Nasdaq's never traded at that multiple. So uh, we're still in elevated territory. Um, I think there's still excesses in some of the, the, the no-earnings types of companies. But if you're buying companies that are producing cash flow today, I do think there's uh, if you do have dry powder, you're in a good position because uh, everything got thrown out yesterday. Um, energy stocks were the worst-performing sector. Actually, it would be adding to some oil stocks if I was buying equities today. So uh, in terms of what we could get from uh, the inflation data coming out tomorrow, obviously inflation has been a serious uh, point of worry for investors. Are we looking for signs of peak inflation? Do you see that in the offing? Makes sense, yeah. So the consensus is expecting about 8.1% inflation. Um, and that's down from where it was the previous month at eight and a half percent. So inflation is rolling over. You've seen lower oil prices, lower commodity prices in recent days. And the market's gone from a stagflationary backdrop to pricing in more risks of recession. So there has been demand destruction already on the higher prices. Um, China's policies are also creating recessionary forces as well. So I do think we're at a local peak in inflation where we're going to have extended period of many months ahead of us with very high inflation. But uh, we may have seen the peak in it for this year now. So are you thinking that that leaves room for even more of a defensive trade? Do you see uh, defensive names moving higher in this environment? They could be an attraction um, out of some of the the more expensive speculative names. Um, People aren't looking for massive returns. They're looking for relative safety. So uh, the consumer staples, utilities were strong performers yesterday. The valuations still don't excite me there. So the consumer stocks are still trading at 28 times earnings, which uh, isn't cheap by any measure. But uh, you do get the stability of the cash flows and the earnings there. I can see those sectors attracting some capital while markets are so volatile. So where are you looking for opportunity at this point? Is there opportunity in, in stocks? I would be buying semiconductors in tech. Um, so they've been hit double digits yesterday. Um, those are companies that are going to have pricing power, revenue growth, and trade at understandable valuations to me. Um, so within there, I think that makes sense. Energy stocks were down 7 to 12% yesterday. I think EU does get to the point where they're putting restrictions on Russian oil, and that's going to be a support for oil prices. So those would be sectors I'd be looking at today. Are you uh, on the outlook for a recession this year? Do you see that happening, and is there anything the Fed can do about it? Um, in Europe, I expect a recession. I don't think the U.S. will fall into a recession. So the Fed's going to keep hiking, but I don't think they're going to want to provoke the recession. And while unemployment's so low, wage growth is still pretty strong. U.S. consumers, 70% of the U.S. economy. And while people have jobs and earnings growth, um, I think that uh, will prevent the recession in the United States. 
All right. As always, Patrick, good to get your thoughts. Patrick Armstrong is the chief investment officer at Plurimi Wealth. As we take a look at a market that is seeing some relief this morning after all the losses over the last several weeks, we have a pickup in futures with S&P futures higher by 37 points right now. Dow futures up 255 NASDAQ futures on the rise by 175 points. The DAX in Germany is up 1.4%, while the CAC in Paris is higher by uh, almost nine-tenths of 1%. Looking at Treasuries, the 10-year is higher by uh, 6.30 seconds now, with the yield right at 3%. Yield on the 2-year is uh, 2.59%. NYMEX crude is falling by 2%, down $2.09 at $101 even a barrel. And uh, COMEX gold right now down a tenth percent. Down two dollars forty cents at eighteen fifty six twenty for the ounce. Just ahead, we'll have more on the recent stock volatility and President Biden's focus on inflation. Five things you need to know to start your day on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg eleven three zero weather: sunny, breezy, upper sixties today. Will be mostly sunny with a high near seventy tomorrow, and mid seventies, mostly sunny sky by Thursday. Right now, fifty three degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. Up first, U.S. futures higher. A day after stocks closed at their lowest level in over a year. The Nasdaq slumped yesterday and has erased over $3 trillion since the start of April. Dan Ives, senior equity analyst at Wedbush Securities, believes the tech-heavy index is adjusting as we move past the pandemic. Long-term, it's healthy. It's painful in the near term. you got to separate the work-from-home e-commerce profit list tech that's down 70% versus what I view as more the high-quality stalwarts will we continue to own in terms of cloud software, cybersecurity, exposed names. Dan Ives at Wedbush Security says there could be more pain ahead for tech despite a strong long-term outlook. Well, meantime, Karen, the Federal Reserve is warning of deteriorating liquidity conditions across several markets. For more on the central bank, stay tuned for an interview with Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester, live at 11 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Nathan, turning to the pump now, the average retail price of gasoline hitting a record high, $4.37 a gallon. President Biden will address rising prices later this morning. Tune into Bloomberg Radio at 1130 Wall Street time to hear the president's full speech. Overseas, Karen, European stocks are higher, while shares in Hong Kong, Japan, and South Korea slumped. Mainland Chinese shares rebounded, but BlackRock abandoned its bullish China call amid COVID lockdowns. And as the dollar halts its three-day rally this morning, Nathan, Bitcoin is rebounding after it fell below $30,000. Billionaire crypto investor Michael Novogratz remains bullish on the token, but warns of more volatility. Well, the short-term, you know, outlook is painful, and it's and it's going to be, like I said, volatile with the rest of assets as the Fed adjusts 
from free money to, to normalized conditions. I really do still see this as a very exciting asset class. And Galaxy Digital founder Michael Novogratz says Bitcoin could dip further if the Nasdaq continues to slide, and Bitcoin currently trading at $31,440. Finally, turning to the war in Ukraine, Karen Congress has drafted an aid package worth close to $40 billion. At the same time, President Biden has signed a measure making it easier for Washington to send weapons to Ukraine. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 53 degrees in Central Park, still dealing with the accident northbound FDR Drive at 95th. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont calls it the largest tax cut in state history. Connecticut taxpayers will see $600 million in tax relief following Governor Lamont's signing of the fiscal year 2023 budget. Lamont says the law increases a property tax credit from 200 to $300. What we've done in terms of the car tax and the property tax, all the middle-class taxes, is a way to tell the people of Connecticut we get it. It's a tough inflationary environment. We're doing everything we can to make this state more affordable, and um, that's what we meant to do today. Lamont says the law also extends a gas tax holiday and child tax credit. Attorney General Letitia James says New York State will safeguard the right to abortion if the Supreme Court moves forward with overturning Roe v. Wade. James says that women in state will be protected. New York obviously is a compassionate state, a state that cares about others, and a state that recognizes that if one individual um, is is not free, then all of us are not free. A.G. James also says some 30,000 women just from Pennsylvania and Ohio could come to New York seeking reproductive care, so a fund will be established that James says will help women from out of state. Authorities say a former Alabama jail official has died and the murder suspect she is accused of helping to escape has been apprehended in Evansville, Indiana. The two fugitives were on the run for more than a week. They were caught after U.S. Marshals pursued their vehicle and then crashed into it. Officials say Casey White surrendered and Vicki White shot herself. She died from her injuries. Lauderdale, Alabama County Sheriff Rick Singleton on Casey White. He will stay in handcuffs and shackles while he's in that cell. If he wants to sue me for violating his civil rights, so be it. He's not getting out of this jail again. Sheriff Singleton says they got a dangerous man off the street. South Korea's new president has used his inauguration speech to push for a solution with North Korea. Yoon Suk-yeol plans to help transform the North's economy if it genuinely begins complete denuclearization. Ferdinand Marcos Jr. won a landslide victory in the Philippines' presidential election. It brings his family back to power in Manila 36 years after his dictator father fled the country. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Marr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. Here's John Stash, hour with a Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan, what's happened to the Rangers after a 52-win regular season? They played the Penguins three times in a two-week span late in the year, and they won all three, but they've lost three of four in the playoffs, and it was 7-2 to two last night. The Penguins, with seven different goal scorers, scored five times in the second period. Twice, they scored twice in a span of less than a minute. Rangers are a young team. Coach Gerard Gallant asked if that's the reason for the postseason struggle. I wouldn't use the word inexperience. I'd use the word 
not committed to playing the right way. You know, I mean, we played the right way in in, uh, in New York. There's no reason why we can't play the right way tonight. And uh, it's not from the inexperienced guys either. I mean, they're they're part of our group, but tonight you've seen a lot of a lot of stuff. Bad plays by a lot of people. Igor Shesterkin in the regular season allowed an average of just over two goals per game. Played three periods in Pittsburgh, gave up ten goals, and yet Gallant says he is sticking with Shesterkin for game five tomorrow at the Garden when the Rangers face elimination. When Lou Lamorello ran the Devils, he had a history of making coaching changes. He now runs the Islanders. He just fired Barry Trotz, who won a Stanley Cup in Washington, had playoff success with the Isles. They missed the playoffs. This past season, Lamorello said the team needs a new voice. NBA Golden State was without its coach. Steve Kerr tested positive. Mike Brown just named the new coach in Sacramento. Coached the Warriors to a win over Memphis. Boston won in Milwaukee. Yankee bats were quiet, but Nestor Cortez was nasty. Five outs from a no-hitter. Yanks finally broke up a scoreless game. Eighth inning. Beat Texas one to nothing. Cortez's ERA is 1.41. The Giants, for salary cap reasons, forced to release cornerback James Bradbury. John Stashow with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. 6.37 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market on a turnaround Tuesday. Here's Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent. Kriti Gupta, what's got your eye, Kriti? Nathan, you couldn't have said it better. I think you can go home now because that's really all you need to know. <laughs> it's a complete bounce back from what you saw yesterday. No real fundamental drivers here. Just when you sell off as much as we did over the past couple of days. Remember, when you have such a major sell off on Friday, chances are you're going to have a pretty bad one on Monday, and that's exactly what we saw. So it's totally normal to see this bounce back, and a lot of it is led by big tech right off the bat in the pre-market. Apple shares, for example, AAPL is your ticker, up 1%. Microsoft as well, MSFT up 1.5%. If you you have those two stocks on your side, chances are you're going to have a positive day for the S&P 500. But it's not just the big tech stocks you have to keep an eye on. It really trickles down to all tech, including the, some of those EV makers. Tesla, we know, is that major heavyweight as well. TSLA up 2.7% this morning. And taking with it some of the other EV makers as well. Rivian, R-I-V-N, up 3%. Lucid as well. LCID, also up about 2.7%. So very quickly you can see that the sell-off of yesterday, uh, at least in the pre-market, is not today's story, Nathan. Yeah, so some pandemic favorites included in the rally as well. Are we seeing it play out in some of the meme names, Creedy? We are, but you know what? I have to say, I think this one might be a fundamental driver. Mm, um, the scandal, the horror, I know. Um, <laughs> AMC is the one I've got my eye on. Now, we all know it, as you said, the, the, the meme name, but it's actually up 4% on an earnings beat, thanks to hits like Spider-Man, No Way Home. Nathan, have you seen Spider-Man? No I have, of course. I MCU. Haven't. I haven't. And it's not a but it's a Marvel Cinematic Universe. There you go. I, you know, I just, I can't get over Tobey Maguire not being my Spider-Man, so I'll never go he's back. He's in it. A spoiler, he's in sort it. Sort of, sort of. Yeah. Um, whatever. Anyway, going on to video game stocks, though, you are seeing some mixed action here. I think this is really where you're going to see the divergence. Sony's earnings fell short of estimates amid supply constraints and component shortages overnight. So you do see some mixed action in those video game stocks. Activision, for example, ATVI is your ticker, up 1%. But then EA Sports, or EA Entertainment, or EA Arts, I should say, uh, is down 1%. The ticker's just EA. And then if you look at Take 2, TTWO, it's up 1.7%. So if you're not looking for a very clear turnaround Tuesday kind of pattern, check out those video game stocks because it looks like they're going to be uh, due for some volatility in the session. I'm going to wrap it up, Nathan, with some down stocks, though, because there's a lot of okay. green on the screen. Novavax, NVAX is your ticker, down 21%. They reported their first profitable quarter but missed their expectations.
communication. So bittersweet there. Uh, and a lot of that has to come, of course, with a little bit of scrutiny. Do we need that fourth shot? How does that play into the vaccine mm. makers' bottom line? Yeah, not everything rallies on a turnaround Tuesday. Bloomberg Radio TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us in the pre-market and looking at stocks as a whole. They are moving higher. We have S&P futures up, up 1%, up 40 points. Dow futures up 282 points. NASDAQ futures leading the way this morning, higher by 177 points. That's a gain of 1.4%. And the 10-year Treasury up 430 seconds. Now the yield 3.01%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, breezy, upper 60s. Today will be mostly sunny with a high near 70. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, mid-70s by Thursday. Currently 53 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. Futures moving higher this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are bouncing after yesterday's sell-off with Dow futures up 264 points. S&P's gained 37. NASDAQ futures are higher by 169. The U.S. 10-year-yield drops to 3.02 percent. Gold is up four. Oil is trading lower. But Bitcoin is trading higher by 1.5%. Hong Kong dropped 1.8% overnight while European markets are in the green, led by gains in France and Germany. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 11.30, Biden will speak on inflation. After the bell last night, Upstart reported is down 48% in the pre-market. And regarding earnings this morning, look for Peloton to report in the pre-market. In other news, Tesla denied a Reuters report that it halted output in Shanghai. And wrapping things up, Upstart was cut to neutral over at Piper. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And we are watching this headline cross the Bloomberg Pfizer to buy Biohaven Pharmaceuticals in a cash and stock deal. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Aaron, thank you very much. President Joe Biden signed into law a measure designed to make it easier for the U.S. to send weapons and supplies to Ukraine as the country continues to fight off a Russian invasion that began in February. For the first time in more than 60 years, Queen Elizabeth will not attend the opening of Parliament. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics beat the Bucks to even their series at two games apiece. The Warriors beat the Grizzlies. Warriors coach Steve Kerr tested positive for COVID before tip-off. In the NHL playoffs, the Rangers lost to the Penguins to fall behind three games to one. The Capitals lost to the Panthers. Baseball, the Yankees, Orioles, Giants, and A's all won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. Ranked top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report. NJIT is future in the making. Learn more at njit.edu. And now here's us making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. China is tightening pandemic restrictions in Shanghai and expanding a mass testing sweep in Beijing. More people are being shipped off to government 
government-run isolation centers under a new definition of what it means to be a close contact. The country just reported the lowest daily infections in almost two months. Global banks are now pulling away from the gargantuan market they helped create for blank check companies. Bloomberg News has learned that Goldman Sachs is ending its involvement with most of the special purpose acquisition companies it took public. Meanwhile, Bank of America scaled back work with some SPACs. And how much would you pay for a space ride on Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin New Shepard capsule? It went for $8 million last night at an event at Manhattan's Javits Center. The winning bid came from Ken Griffin, a billionaire founder of hedge fund Citadel. Griffin will donate the spot to a New York City school teacher whose selection will be organized by the Robin Hood Foundation. Another school teacher from the city will also be on that flight. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Democrats weighing even more aid to Ukraine than President Biden asked for. Mitch McConnell vowing Republicans will not scrap the filibuster to pass an abortion ban. And Senate Democrats planning a vote today to confirm Lisa Cook the next Fed governor. Also making news, President Biden getting ready to highlight his efforts against inflation in a speech later this morning. And Bloomberg Washington correspondent Joe Matthew is back with us, host of Sound On here on Bloomberg Radio. Joe, I guess the president's going to contrast his plans with Republicans, Mm -hmm. but we're really seeing hard evidence of just what a challenge this is going to be for the president with gas prices now at a record high across the country. That's an ugly number. 437 Although some folks have paid a lot more than that, it's pretty incredible to see that new highs are still being reached. And the president will be speaking today about prices across the board, not just energy, but food and all of the other inflationary impacts that we've been talking about that the administration has really struggled with. To your point, though, it's not just talking about what's been done. And I'm sure that we'll hear a cataloging of efforts that the administration has made. He's going to talk about some of the components from last year's Build Back Better that never became law that he says need to happen, like lowering prescription drug prices, extending the child tax credit, but he's going to spend time like he did last week, kind of crack the door on this last week in a speech about deficit reduction. He will call out what he what he likes to refer to as the ultra MAGA agenda, which is a series of economic proposals that have been forwarded by Republican Senator Rick Scott. The White House says they'll raise taxes on 75 million Americans and it'll also sunset programs like Social Security. The president speaks very passionately about this, and you get a sense uh, right now, Nathan, that they're kind of floating a balloon. This this really could be a major talking point, ultra-maga agenda that will last the next six months to the midterms. They're going to give it a good run today. Yeah, and coming after another talking point that we heard uh, just about a month ago, Putin's price hike. Yes, it right. It is interesting to sort of hear the messaging shifting here a little bit. Start and printing those bumper the, stickers. Yeah, exactly. And it sort of points to the challenge for a president who is facing uh, re- record uh, uh, inflation pressures in terms of, you know, historically high prices. Mm-hmm. And the challenge only six months out before a midterm, Joe. Well, that's true. That's why, you know, he will call on Congress to pass some of the the items that I mentioned, uh, more renewable energy sources, incentives to that end, which was all part of that massive social spending bill that never quite got through Congress last year. The problem is 
it, it remains unclear if if these could get passed, even through a reconciliation bill, which would, as you might remember from uh, last year's exercise, would only require Democrats. But a lot of these items are not terribly popular and, and might not get the, the full-throated support they would otherwise because we're in the middle of this primary season and really getting underway. We've got uh, one today, of course, West Virginia and Nebraska. Things get serious next week with Pennsylvania. And the job's only going to get more difficult as we get closer to November here. Um, I will mention as well the Ukraine funding that President Biden requested looks like it would not be able to pass with COVID funding attached to the bill, which is what Democrats were hoping to do. So the president issued a statement late yesterday saying that he he understands uh, the reality of the situation. It will be a clean bill, even bigger than what they thought for Ukraine. The question is, will they be able to come back and pass COVID funding as a standalone bill? And that's not looking great right now. Is there a question as to whether even more funding than the president asked for would mm-hmm. be able to pass the Senate? Is this going to move quickly? It likely will, if it stays clean, right? They, they were talking about attaching COVID funding. Then Republicans came back and said, well, we want more funding for the border and we want new language for Title 42. Uh, so it looks like this will be only money for Ukraine. It's not just weapons. It's also humanitarian aid. Democrats uh, in uh, in the, the Senate and the House have upped the ante here. The president asked for $33 billion. You might remember, uh, Nathan, this is now a $40 billion bill. Uh, they've added money for weapons as well as humanitarian aid, about $3.5 billion each. And it has wide bipartisan support. Well, what does this mean for the COVID aid, Joe? Because that was something that the president had been pushing for. Yes. More funding for testing, more funding yep. for vaccine distribution. Does that fall by the wayside now? Well, it's not going to happen as part of this bill. And it's really it's unclear what Democrats will have to give up to get this, even though you would think it was largely bipartisan. Remembering the criticism the administration took uh, months ago when Omicron showed up and there weren't enough tests to go around, enough enough testing kits. This could happen again. It's not just testing, it's therapy. Therapeutics, to your point, it's vaccines, but it may not see the light of day unless there, again, is some Title 42 money or something else that Republicans can get for that. The president first asked for $22 billion. It got whittled down to $10 billion. As of today, it's zero. Let's turn to the other issue that's been uh, bubbling up big time uh, the last week or so, the abortion debate. What's mm-hmm. happening with that vote in the Senate on a uh, national abortion rights codification? Well, the vote is moving forward. We expect it tomorrow. And Senator Chuck Schumer has been very clear about this, knowing uh, that he doesn't have the votes to make this happen. This appears to be an exercise in getting people on the record, getting senators on the record. Uh, it's not likely that a Republican is going to vote yes on this bill. But we could see, you know, we're, we're, we're still waiting to hear from Susan Collins, uh, maybe Lisa Murkowski to see if they come over to the Democrat side on this. But it's not likely that this is going to pass. It will, however, arm Democrats uh, with a lot of fodder for the campaign season to say, you know, number one, uh, Republicans voted against this. And if they do pass it, they could say we did this all on our own. But it is not expected to go that way. In fact, they're already talking and the Democratic leadership about the plan B, the plan C. They're saying that they are not going to let this drop, essentially keeping it as a conversation uh, item, a debate item as we work our way through the midterms. It's possible we will not see legislation on this at all.
As if there weren't enough conversation items happening in Washington. How true. Bloomberg's Joe Matthew, very busy man, keeping on top of all of it for us from the nation's capital, where we will be hearing from President Biden and his remarks on inflation, his efforts to tamp down 40-year price pressures. We'll bring you those remarks live here on Bloomberg Radio. They're uh, scheduled at around 1130 Wall Street time. And you can catch more of Joe on Bloomberg Sound On every weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern right here on Bloomberg Radio. Looking ahead to the market open, we have futures higher right now. S&P futures are up 30 points. Dow futures up 217. NASDAQ futures up 150 points. Bloomberg surveillance is up next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.